Hi. Hi, I'm Rashid Ogunnaru, coach, speaker and author, and I am so delighted to be here for the latest in my inspiring um, interviews and my soul trader interviews. This is the wonderful Jane Hatton from Even Breaks. Jane, a pleasure to see you again. Oh, lovely to be here, Rashid. Thank you. Well, Jane, um, we met last time, although we think we met before on the British Library programme. Well, I'm sure we must have met before. When we were last week, we were giving a talk um, at the British Library and you, and you were sharing an incredible story of you and your business, um, uh, even breaks. And I'm going to get you to just say a little bit in a nutshell about that soon, which for me, I thought was really, really inspiring to hear that story. And so I thought, actually, I really wanted to get you here to interview a little bit about you and your story so in a nutshell who are you and what do you do yeah so yeah I'm Jane and um, I founded Even Break uh, 10 years ago so we're a social enterprise run by and for disabled people and basically we're trying to reduce the disability employment gap so we have um, an accessible job board for disabled candidates and inclusive employers and we help inclusive employers become more inclusive and accessible. And we help disabled candidates navigate their way around the disabling barriers. So it's, uh, yeah, very interesting. It's really amazing. I just think it's so important. I think I think the first thing that jumps out to me, um, Jane, is how sad it is that as a society, there are so many people who are the disabled, who will or who will be, and I guess we all probably will be in some way, shape or form. But when it comes to the workplace, um, there's still so far um, to go. And I know that you were saying when we spoke, your background happened to be, I think, in HR, workforce and so on. So how did this journey begin for you? Yeah, it was one of those sort of serendipitous things. You know, I didn't sort of, um, as a child, think, I know when I grow up, I'll become disabled and run a, a disability recruitment company. Um, I sort of fell into it. So I was always interested in diversity and inclusion and difference and fairness and all of that. And so I was working in that space, diversity in its broadest sense, for many years. And, um, and I, I sort of shied away a little bit from disability because it wasn't something I had lived experience of. Um, and if I worked on a protected characteristic that I didn't have myself, I'd always work with a co-worker who did. Um, and then I remember talking to employers about disability, uh, particularly, and they would either say things like, you know, why on earth would I want to employ a disabled person? They didn't always say it quite as bluntly as that, but you kind of knew what they meant. Or a bit more positively, they'd say, actually, you know, we recognise that this is a pool of talent that we're not tapping into, but we don't know how to and disabled people don't apply. And when I spoke to disabled people, they said, well, we don't know which is which, because every organisation says, you know, we're an equal opportunities employer. But actually, we know that most aren't, and particularly when it comes to disability. Mm. And I remember thinking somebody ought to do something about this, mm. you know, like you do. And then and then I became um, one of the 83 percent of disabled people who become disabled as an adult. So. Um, when I was 44, all of a sudden, I became one of those people I'd been talking about. I developed a spinal condition and had various spinal surgeries and whatever. And still no one had done anything about this disability crisis um, in the workplace. So I thought, well, I need to do it then. So we came up with an idea of having a job board that would bring disabled people together with employers who wanted to find that talent and I was now talking from a place of authenticity because actually for the first six years of even break, I ran it lying down with a laptop above me because I was unable to, to sit. 
So six, so six years, so six years, pretty much when you were doing all of that work, you had to do that. Wow, that's that's quite that's quite remarkable. I mean, well, it was lying down or standing up. So I would lie down most of the time, and then if I needed to go to see a client or to go to an event, which I would be very uh, selective about because of the pain involved, I had a driver from um, Access to Work who would drive me to the location lying down obviously me lying down not him lying down and uh, and when I'd get there I'd stand so I'd stand in meetings or I'd stand at a, an event or if it was a long event I'd take a chair and lie down mm. um so yeah it was uh it was a different way of doing business let's put it that way I mean it's, it's I mean everything that you're saying here is, is really remarkable so I think we've got a number of things here that that's going on there's that that thing about um there's still a long way to go um and your business is part of that in terms of to really get a place where we've got that inclusive employment, especially when it comes to disability. Tell us just a little bit, and maybe we'll come back to that. Tell us a little bit more about how even break kind of work, works, because there might be many people who are watching this, either employers or people with disabilities themselves, thinking actually that 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 that's for me. And um, in, in just a nutshell, how does it work for the employer and for the candidate? Because I've met incredible remark and outstanding. I mean, as a, I mean, it just I mean, some of the most unbelievable people that I've met have been people with disabilities. And I say that because what's really struck me is two things. How resourceful, how resilient, how talented, how gifted and how blah, blah, blah. And just how rich their story and their journey is, because, of course, there's things that we can all learn and, and benefit from. So tell me, how does the, how does the, the business work for the people, the percentage of the, those people who are, have disability who might not know about businesses like yours? I'm very passionate about that. And then tell us how it works from the employer's point of view very, very briefly. Yes, yeah, so um, disabled candidates, uh, we, we work on the social model of disability, which means there's nothing wrong with disabled candidates, what is wrong with the barriers that they face. So really, even break is about pulling down those barriers um, mm. from whichever direction they might come from. Mm. And so from a candidate's perspective, we did some research which asked disabled people what were the biggest barriers for them when looking for work. We kind of knew the answers, but we needed to verify it with the, with the research. And the biggest one by far was um, disabled people were saying, we don't know which employer is going to treat us fairly. Because our experiences are that the moment someone discovers that we have an impairment, that's the moment that we're rejected in the recruitment process. And um, so that was the biggest one. So we, we solved that by having a job board where employers will pay to advertise their jobs. And candidates can then say, if this organization has paid to advertise their jobs on a job board that's just for disabled people, they must be serious about it. They're not just putting a byline that says we're an equal opportunity that doesn't mean anything. Mm. The second barrier was recruitment processes that are inaccessible. So it might be the job board is inaccessible to someone who's blind, or it might be the uh, recruitment process itself puts all sorts of barriers up. So that's where we work with employers to remove the barriers from their recruitment process. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was their own confidence in you know how do you say to an employer I really want this job I haven't worked for 10 years because I've been discriminated against but I actually have the skills that you need but I might need these you know it's all complicated and and nuanced so so the what we do for uh, for candidates is we have a careers support service Mm. which has all sorts of things so signposting and online um, resources and mentoring But also uh, the key of it is we have a team of careers professionals Mm -hmm. who are also disabled. So they understand they have lived experience of the barriers that candidates face. 
And they can help with things like CVs or interview prep or job search technique or identifying transferable skills or, you know, whatever it might be, but through a disability lens. Wow. I, I mean, so, I, just, I, I mean, everything I hear about this, I, I just think it's remarkable. Tell me a little bit about, because there'll be some people also, I'm watching this thinking um, almost from the other side. And, and, and I guess as from, I want to kind of jump almost to the entrepreneurial perspective. We know that there are many, many people who are incredibly talented. Um, well, setting up, setting up a business is difficult. Yes. <laughs> and running a business is difficult. How have you, how have you done it? And what advice would you give to anybody wanting to set up a business? But particularly, I think, people with a disability, because who might well be thinking, actually, if I've had these challenges and this challenge is here, how much more is, is, is business going to be perhaps mm -hmm. challenging? So any, any tell us a little bit about how you've managed it and any tips and advice you'd give to anybody. Yeah. In there. I mean, disabled people are over uh, represented in terms of starting their own business, you know, more disabled people proportionately than the rest of the population. And I think that's for a number of reasons. One is that, as you say, as a disabled person, you have to navigate around barriers and problems and obstacles all the time, you know, just, just getting through the day. Mm. And so we do develop those creative thinking, those innovative solutions, mm. um, that resilience that, that you need in order to start a business. So I think often disabled people will be well placed, you know, with the skills that are needed to start a business, which, as you say, are many and varied. Mm -hmm. um, but also because it's harder for us to get jobs, we know there's a 30 percent disability employment gap. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's the only option. You know, if someone has a variable condition, um, it's, it's one of the reasons I started Evenbreak is because there are days when I can barely function and days when I can function probably better than lots of other people. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, most jobs won't accommodate that, that, that mm -hmm. variation. So I think disabled people are more likely to start small businesses, part, partly because it's the only option they have, but also it is something that we are well-placed to do. We are resilient and resourceful and and all of those things. And I think, you know, there are there are other complications, like if people are on benefits, how does that work before you, because, you know, you don't start a business and start drawing a salary straight away. It takes time mm -hmm. before you get to that point. So there are all of those kind of complications as well. But I think that, you know, that aside, the, um, the emotional and practical way of starting a business can be in some ways easier for someone who's disabled because it's kind of what we do anyway. So what would be your advice to somebody who, I, mean, I think for many people it might be, I can just imagine lots of ears and eyes perking up and people just think the, 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 the energy of this, because um, I think you're absolutely right. What, what would be your advice to somebody? And we, we, all, we, we all know that very often when it comes to business or, or careers, again, like stuff, confidence or can I or should I, all of that can kind of creep in. So what would be your advice to somebody with a disability who's thinking, actually, yeah, I would actually like to be my own boss. What tips or advice would you would you give them? Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways it's not different for the advice you give to that you would give to, you know, budding entrepreneurs that you talk to hmm. in that um, it's really important to do. Well, two things. One is a kind of analysis about what's out there and is this business going to fly? Hmm. But internally, it's what strengths do I have that I can build on? for this business and what are the things I can't do now we all have to do that whether we're disabled or not so um, you know I'm disabled but I'm not great at maths for example which has got nothing to do with my disability it's just because I'm not very good at maths 
So I think it's important to be quite honest about, you know, I've got really good strengths in this area and this area and this area. Oh, I'm not so good at this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And if you're disabled, it might also be, you know, I can't use a phone or I can't use a computer or I can't network at events or, you know, whatever it might be, the be additional things to think about. And then it's about, okay, so how do I maximize my strengths and really play to those strengths? Mm. And what do I do about the things that I'm not so good at? And initially, you know, almost all business owners start on their own. So you have to do everything, whether you're good at it or not. But for me, it's then about how do you, you know, there's a temptation to find other people like you to work in the business with. And that's the worst thing you can do because I don't need other people with my skills. Mm. I need other people with the skills I don't have. So it's about how do you make up those things that you can't do? And that might be initially through friends and family and volunteers and people that you know who will help you out. It might just be through rolling your sleeves up and having to do it for a while until you can afford to pay someone else to do it. But it's also when you're looking to the to the stage of the of the startup business where you're employing people to make sure that you employ people to fill the gaps that, that you've created in a sense. So um You know, I know a lot of people who are, you know, two brilliant extrovert blue sky thinkers who get together as a partnership. It's not going to work because you need a blue sky thinker, but you also need someone who's going to implement those ideas and do the detail and the stuff that the blue sky thinker hates doing. So it's about finding people not like you to work with that will fill that gap and and make the whole. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. It makes so much sense. And as as you're talking through that, I think one of the things that's, that's really magical that jumps out to me is it, it's that reminder that in life we all have, and whatever language you want to put around it, we'll all have our abilities and our disabilities. And it's about how they layer, isn't it? And it's about when we need to be very, very mindful that how society or structures or various different things or our own where we're in at may um, limit or provide chat and and it's how we how we all because it's like a business or an organization we'll all need different people with different strengths and if we can shift our consciousness to be mindful about that then then everybody benefits don't don't they you know then it's absolutely I, I, i mean i think one of the things that was really important to me when i started lying on my bed with my laptop suspended above me was that i wanted um because even break is a, a social enterprise i wanted everybody that we employed to be disabled so that we all have lived experience of the candidates that, you know, we're trying to um, support. But I knew that there was a layer of intersectionality. So disability doesn't discriminate. Right. For those people who don't know about intersectionality or the language, can you just um, uh, explain it in a sense? Because this is exactly the thing I wanted you to, to touch on. I'm so, so glad you, you picked up on that, Jane. Yeah. So, for example, um, you know, I'm disabled, but I have white privilege. I'm older than a lot of people, which has its advantages and its disadvantages. I'm a woman. You know, there's much more to me than just being disabled. There's a whole layer of other characteristics intermingled with that. Mm. Um, And so, for example, I wanted to have a really diverse team within Evenbreak so that we could relate to all of our Mm. candidates, because all of our candidates aren't white and female and 60. So, um, you know, for example, we have Mohammed, who is one of our um, uh, account managers. So he's a lot younger than me. He's a man of color. He's a Muslim uh, and he's blind. So his experience of life and mine are very, very different, even though we're both disabled people. Mm. And I wanted to make sure that within the team we had that 
um, lived experience, not just of disability, but of different kinds of disability. So it could be sight loss, it could be mental health, it could be Mm -hmm. autism, whatever it might be, but also from the perspective of a range of genders, a range of ethnicities, a range of ages, of, of cultures, of all sorts of other different things, because nobody is one thing in isolation. Um, you know, and if I'm discriminated against, I don't know if, if it's because I'm a woman or it's because I'm disabled or it's because I'm older, mm. you know, um, in the same way that Mohammed doesn't know if he's discriminated against because he's blind or because he's a man of colour or because he's Muslim. Mm. So it's um, it's about making sure that the, the team can have that lived experience, which is, you know, you can't read these things in a book. You need to learn it from people. I think that's been the thing that's been really most fascinating and, and, and I'd say really remarkable for me in my journey with this is that um, only through engaging with people do you really, really, really learn, you know, yes. on so many th- of these things. And when you do, everybody's everybody's enriched by it aren't we we all we I mean I mean your days there must be I must be just full of learning and richness I want to ask um as we begin to kind of round up Jane tell me a little bit about what would you say in broad terms has been your learning along the journey I'd be also interested to know can you pull out any main things that you would say has been the team's learning um I'd love to also to know what the you know the organizations the individuals you work with if you've spotted particular things in, in their learning could you say a little bit about that Yeah, I mean, I learn every day because I work with such a diverse group of colleagues and um, lots of different employers and lots of different candidates. So I'm learning something new every day. I think from a business perspective, um, what I learned very quickly was never make assumptions. So, you know, is this business going to work? Oh, yeah, I think it sounds quite good. You know, actually make sure that you talk to people who would use the business, you know, talk to employers, in my case, talk to disabled people looking for work. And uh, one of the things that we pride ourselves with at Even Break is co-production. So it's not just we get together in a room and we think, oh, let's do this. This would be a good good idea. We bring in, you know, we bring in employers and say, what services would be useful to you? What are the gaps out there? Or we bring in disabled candidates and say, is this accessible to you? It is to me, but it might not be to you. And what are the services you really need rather than the ones we assume you might need? So that co-production has been a huge learning, um, you know, throughout and I always learn things I don't expect to learn. You know, I kind of go into a meeting and think, oh, what they'll say is A, B and C. And you come out and think, never anticipated X, Y and Z as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the learning from other people and not making assumptions about what people might need, I think, is the is the main learning. But also, I think from a disability perspective and looking at some of the team, we are capable of so much more than we recognise. And I think that's because... You know, society's narrative around disabled people is what we can't do, Mm. what help we need. You know, charities portray us as objects of pity needing support. And, Mm. you know, we're not seen as productive members of society. Mm. And actually, when people are given the right support, Mm. you know, I've watched people in the team absolutely blossom, you know, Mm. from a kind of, oh, I'm so grateful you've given me this job to oh my God, I'm really good at this job and I can do things I never thought of. And and it's actually, you know, and we've seen seen it with candidates, actually see people learn about the qualities that they have that they didn't know they had. And and actually transferring that to our candidates and saying, you know, you're not 
you're not defined by the things you can't do. You're defined by all of the amazing things that you can do, some of which many non-disabled people won't be able to do. And it's that kind of, um, and it, you know, it, I have the best job in the world. I love my job because I see people, um, you know, I see disabled people suddenly realizing, oh, I'm not the problem. Mm. The problem is the barriers that I face. Mm. But also I see the lights come on with employers and employers who are feeling sometimes a bit, intimidated by disability you know a bit kind of worried about am I going to say the wrong thing I don't really know where to start um I'm a bit nervous about all of this actually the lights coming on and gaining that that realization that actually this isn't about pity this is about talent (laughs) and about all that talent out there that we need in our business and actually seeing the the narrative changing about you know disabled people not being objects of pity but actually bringing loads of talent and and things that can help them participate but also contribute things to the organization they might never have had before wonderful i think it's wonderful well, two last very quick questions one wish um for yourself in the business and one wish in terms of perhaps on a society level in terms of how we um progress when it comes to equality diversity and inclusion um interestingly it's the same answer to both hmm. um my my real wish is that even break doesn't need to exist anymore. I'd love to get to the point where all recruiters, you know, assess candidates on merit, where all employers see disabled people as just as talented, if not more so than non-disabled people, that the disability employment gap has gone down to zero. And we don't need specialist job boards like even break anymore. Now I know that sounds like I'm talking myself out of a job. It's unlikely to happen in my lifetime, but even if it did, there are lots of other things I could do. Mm. Um, and I would love to live in a society where we don't need even break or, or other similar organizations anymore. Well, that's just wonderful. Well, Jane, thank you so, so much. And for people who are wanting to get in touch or to find employers or or, or candidates wanting to find out about the services and so on. Um, I'll put a link, but it would be good to know if it might be good or just for us to audibly. So do you want to mention the website? Yeah, so it's evenbreak.co.uk. And uh, there's also a link from that to the Hive, which is the career support service. And I'm janeh at evenbreak.co.uk. And we'll be happy to talk to anybody who uh, wants to chew the fat over entrepreneurship or disability or whatever it might be that's so wonderful i just want to just thank you for because as far as i'm concerned you know from a perspective of the of, of soul trader when i do the soul trader these interviews or the, uh, the soul trader podcast um um for me i'm just so passionate about where people are really running businesses from the heart and that are really there to serve people so it's been such a just a joy um um inspiring and educational and 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 and, in, and enriching and reaffirming um, all at the same time. It's been really, really wonderful to speak to you. Um, I better let you get on because I know as an entrepreneur, there must be so many things, there must be so many things to do and time is money and candidates and all the rest of it. So I better let you, better let you go, but thank you so much. Thank so, you very uh, much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, such a pleasure. Thank you.